You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Online, on your mobile, and on FM. From the home of time. This is Maritime Radio Greenwich. What's happening now? Edge of the penalty area. In the corner, goes back to Baldock. Baldock crossing opportunity, gets it across. Chris Solly comes out ahead of it, but it's dropped all the way through to Barnes. Barnes tries to fashion it on his right foot, takes a shot, takes a deflection. Rudd saves it, but O'Keefe is on hand to bury it. And Rudd could do nothing about that, and MK Dons have a lead inside the seventh minute. Ups and to his left finds Barnes. Barnes in the penalty area. Barnes will go for goal, and it's a great finish. MK Dons have their second. A lovely, lovely goal from Harvey Barnes who was able to drive forward towards Charles Penetier cutting onto his right foot and found the far corner how have we got into that how has this club who's, who's supposed to have you know one of the best budgets in the league enabled themselves to get to the relegation battle God. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. My name is Louis Mendez. Uh, this is the big match preview. We're going to look back at Tuesday's game with MK Dons and look ahead to Saturday's game with Southend on tonight's Charlton Live. Joining me to do that in the studio, Mr. Tom Wangen. How are you doing, Tom? Brilliant. Yeah, yeah sound it, yeah. Yeah, loving, loving life. Yeah, excellent stuff. And uh, joining the pair of us here in his suit once again, so he's ready to crunch some sort of numbers, is Nathan Mother. How are you doing, Nathan? Living the dream, mate. Well, yeah. we're not Tuesday, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. numbers are you planning on crunching tonight? I don't know. Candy Crush or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, on tonight's show, like I said, we're going to look back at that that defeat against MK Dons. Uh, and we're going to go through your, your tweets and your emails. Um, if you if you want to have your say on that on that game, I'm sure plenty of you uh, do. A few of you already have. You can email us, studio at charltonlive.co.uk, or you can tweet us at Charlton Live. Uh, we'll, we'll touch on the other events on Tuesday night because obviously they were, they were very special. Look ahead to Saturday's uh, Upbeats Walk. Uh, we've got the Player of the Year uh, details to look ahead to. Uh, and then, of course, we're going to look ahead to uh, Saturday's game with, with Southend here at the Valley uh, as we battle to stay up in League One. Uh, which is uh, lovely, uh, Tom. Uh, what did you make of the game on Tuesday? It was uh, it was appalling, like absolutely appalling. I <laughs> um, thought the players they used the word on the night. I said they were gutless. They just didn't seem to care, and it was a sort of performance where if we were where MK Dons are, which like banging mid table, you'd kind of you obviously still wouldn't be happy with it. But at least you go, do you know what? At least they're not playing for anything. But I don't seem to realise we're in a relegation battle, and they've just. 
I saw no urgency. We were second to everything. There was no no movement after passing the ball. It was so static, and I thought maybe De Silva grew into the game. But apart from that, I don't think really anyone came out of that game with any credit at all. Mm. Nathan, that when that full time whistle went, you were already halfway home, weren't you? Yeah, I was at the, <coughs> I was at the train station. Um, yeah, I'm trying not to swear. <laughs> no, but it was really bad. <laughs> it was so so bad. But um, yeah, I just uh, I'm starting to think if the like I probably was a little bit. Maybe the players are. Maybe they're starting to be a bit too arrogant to think that we can't actually go down, or they think that it's impossible that they can because we we can very much so. Um, because that's the only, I just can't put my finger on. I said off there, I can't put my finger on why we're so inconsistent. So if you look at the game, like we said, like the Sheffield United, the first twenty minutes away, the the, the Bradford game, the the Scunthorpe game, to have that is chalk and cheese. And I don't understand why some games we look so fluid, and sometimes we don't. It, mm. it's, it's baffling. Mm. I mean, we'll, we'll come on to the to the the very poignant mm. memorial for, for PC Palmer in the end. But it went it went from that where the club showed its itself at its very best and but as, as soon as as soon as that game kicked off, the, I mean the atmosphere was good for a minute or so, but the the, the players the, the fans react to what they saw from the players and it was just it was such a sloppy, sloppy start and we were a goal down early on. I mean the Rudd uh, Rudd had to deal with a deflection, so it makes it difficult for him. But the, it's, it's the MK Dons player who's going to be first to the rebound in that situation, and just got off to the worst po- worst possible start. And it felt like a hangover, really, from from that last twenty minutes where we were uh, were so poor against people on Saturday. Yeah, it felt no different to that. It, as you say, it was like the same game just <coughs> carried on. And as you say, they were just so sloppy. And yeah, Rudd had to deal with a deflection, but the defence in the first place gave him no help. It was so, so easy for MK Dons to get through. And the shot then took that bobble, but Rudd sort of just palmed it. I'm not a goalkeeper. I've got no experience of goalkeeping, but I'm sure they're taught to palm it away from the middle of the goal. He just palmed it straight back into the middle. And as you say, no defender made any sort of run to try and clear it. And there was their player on the edge of the six-yard box just poke it in and Seven minutes in, as you say, with all that build-up, with that big emotion before the game, seven minutes in, that just knocks out. You know, if that does give any player motivation to to put that little bit extra in, which I don't know whether it does or not, but if that did, that early goal just wipes all of that out, and fans start to turn on the players' backs, understandably. And as you say, they just never picked up from then. Those players. I mean, the the way we we reacted to that goal was always going to be so important, and. I mean, I, I tweeted after 16 minutes, so sort of 10 minutes after the goal had gone in, when just nothing was happening. And I, I tweeted saying, we are sleepwalking into this relegation battle. And that is the worst attitude and the worst sort of performance to be putting in. when, it, when it's, coming, it's coming down to the business end of the season now. Mm. That's what I mean. I've tweeted after the game. It said, BBC said we had three shots on target. I can't remember. I can't remember a shot. Let alone, I remember a header that went over the bar from Josh, I think it was. But I can't remember doing anything. I can't remember us creating anything for me to go, oh, what we used to do is, yeah, we get down the byline, cross the ball in, which, like Tom said, J- uh, Jay De Silva grew into the game, looked a bit nervy. He's done brilliant a couple of times, and, he's looked, and there's like hardly anyone in there. It's, just, it's the same every week. Mm. And it's just so so frustrating because we're so predictable to play against. It's unreal. I've said this for about two years. We are so predictable. But those two games, like I said, Scunny and that Sheffield United, that Sheffield United first 20 minutes, if anyone weren't there, literally, we absolutely battered them. Yeah. Like, literally battered them. Could have been like 3-0 up. Yeah. 
and, and that, you go from that to this. Yeah. You just that there's no in between with us. You're either really good or we're really bad. The, ga- yeah. the games we play like we played on Tuesday night, it feels like we're playing against like t- twice as many players. Mm-hmm. There's just so much space for all of them. And when we get the ball, it suddenly feels like there's nowhere to go because no one makes any movement. I said it on Tuesday night. We make we make football look so difficult. Like we don't. Not I said it about defending because we do make defending look hard. But the whole game. We make it look so difficult, and all MK Dons were doing, when one player got the ball, other people move, and as soon as they then pass the ball, they move themselves, mm-hmm. and offer themselves as, as options, and we just don't do that. It's ironic, because I remember in the first half of the FA Cup game against MK here, which was Carl's first game in charge, and we were being outplayed and outpassed, and I remember mm. asking him after the game, were you, did, did you feel, almost feel like, ironically, you were being outplayed and outpassed by your own team, the way the, that's the way you wanted them to play football, that's the way they've been bought up? last couple of years playing that sort of game and again it happened but and the, and the problem is you know Carl is with us now and he hasn't got that mentality that that type of passing football into our team for more than those 20 minute spells yeah yeah and um, he probably you know he, he did instill uh, you know a passing team at MK but you know let's not think that he's he built a team that was you know battering teams left right and centre and like the most amazing team in the league um but yeah, he, maybe he's trying to instill that here. But I'm still in the believer. Yeah, I'd love to see that. But at the moment, with the squad that we've got, you've just got to play to your strengths. And you know, if if you've got to do a bit of passing with a bit more direct play, then fine. But we obviously we just go just the other way. We just always lump the ball up to McGuinness with his back to goal and expect him to hold on to it every single time. Mm. And let's lay it back to someone. And then and then what? Mm. And then mm. you, you've got McGuinness out on the flank, who's controlling a ball from a from a long ball and then who have you got in the middle inside you've got Tony White who floats there's just no pattern of playing it's just I don't know it will take time but it's starting to get on my nerves <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah just a little bit anyway yeah the the only good thing that was sort of happening for us really in the first half was seeing the goals flying in at, at Shrewsbury and at yeah. Port Vale because they were, <laughs> they were they were both going at goals down I think we saw Holmes had a an effort from sort of at the edge of the box where he brought it down and dragged it wide and then McGuinness was one of the shots on target from about 30 yards which is fairly easy for the goalkeeper but you get to that get to that half time whistle and, and you're looking for I mean Port Vale uh, MK Dons had a massive chance just before mm. where the ball fell to O'Keefe um, about 6 yards out and it's blocked uh, and then the rebound was put over it could have easily gone in 2-2 two, two down uh, but you get to that half time and it was, it was just such an insipid first half and I mean what, 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 what can be said in that dressing room because that he didn't come out any better at the start of the second, did it? No, I don't, I don't know what was said, but he need, they need to realise that they're in a relegation <laughs> fight now. And and th- as I say, it just seems like they don't. Uh, you, uh, the blame's got to be shared, obviously, because there's more than one factor as to why we're so bad. But Carl's not motivating these players clearly to perform enough and consistently, like Nave says. And those players themselves just seem to have no pride in their own game. They're just, just not... That no one's taking responsibility, and that's what I said on Sunday as well. No one's prepared. They're, they're just too, too nervy. They look too fragile. No one's got any ideas. They're all just kind of standing around, and it's the same old pattern. Like Nafe says, he gets tired of it. You know, when Rudd plays it out to one of the defenders, you know exactly what's going to happen. They pass it around between them for a bit. One of the midfielders drops deep, but hasn't got the confidence to then turn on the ball and go forward and look for options because there aren't any. So he goes back to the defenders. They go back to Rudd. Rudd hits it long, and as Nafe says, then McGuinness is isolated. And that happens 10, 15 times a game every single week when we're playing this way. And on the other weeks when we're playing well, you, you know, those midfielders are linking up and they're all passing and then we're good. But we, 
that doesn't happen enough at the moment. And what, what I can't put my finger on is why is why I think you saw we alluded to it earlier. But why why can we go from that performance at Sheffield United to that performance at Peterborough, where where it starts off with so with with, with you know excellent play at Sheffield United, where we are as you say moving the ball around and, and linking in the midfield and the the front three when we're playing the diamond of, of you know Sheffield United, it was what Novak and Holmes looks so so dangerous. Why why is what is it that that's changed from then to here? Because I, I don't know. No, nor can I. I wish I'd be a millionaire if I knew why. But the this with the diamond because we said off air it's the diamond. Like on Tuesday, we just bypassed it and just hoofed it mm. long, which is the most ridiculous thing to do when you've set your formation out to go through narrow and exploit those middle <coughs> four. But we done the same at Sheffield United, like you said, Lou, and we played them off the park. We done it to an extent against uh, Scunthorpe, and we done well. So I was going to blame the home. Maybe they don't play like playing at home. But Scunthorpe, we played well mm. at home. Bradford, we played well at home. I don't, and that's what I'm trying to search. I'm trying. I'm clutching to try and find the solution of why it's not working, and I can't. I just can't because it's the personnel hasn't really changed that much for those three games that I mentioned. So. What is it? I don't know. Are they nervous? Or are they, you know, are they... Well, they obviously bang out of forms right near the bottom. But, but we've been there all season. But I just don't... I don't know. I've, I'm run out of answers and I'm starting to lose. I'm quite positive usually, but I'm starting to fear the the, uh, the worst. The, uh, I'm thinking I'm alright. <laughs> I was going to say, do you need a hug? Yeah. Right. The, uh, <laughs> we need to start giving out the Samaritans number <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the the second goal when it came was it was a good finish by uh, by Harvey Barnes, but once again it, we're seeing a player getting into the Charlton penalty area, mm. you know, fairly unchallenged. Yeah, and it come from a Charlton attack as well. And as soon as we lost the ball up up the the cover, then you could just see it, and they broke so quickly, and there was just no, as you say, nobody putting tackles in, and they just broke and broke, and he got it on the edge of the area, and you just knew that goal was coming. And it just went in, and that was it. People were leaving around me as soon as that went in because. You just knew that we weren't going to get back into it. And what frustrated me after that as well was, obviously there was a lot of uh, reaction from the supporters when that second goal went in, but then the players finally decide to start running around and putting some effort in. But they're just tearing around, just jumping into challenges. They're not putting any thought into it. It's like, where's where's that energy? But if that's the amount of energy you've got at that stage in the game, why weren't you putting it in more purpose mm. throughout the game why are you waiting until you're 2-0 down and the crowd are really annoyed at you mm. and then you're sprinting around jumping into challenges giving away stupid fouls the only, mm. the only, the only uh, th- even though we are slating team I would say like Holmes is the only one who presses yeah. but yeah. if you press as an individual it's totally irrelevant because as soon as you press that on your own you've yeah. got space behind you yeah. but he's the same every week he's the only person and he's so opinion. frustrated when yeah. it happens as well because he's see that it. good and he puts that much shift, shift in yeah. he must look behind and go you lot well, you see lazy. it, you see you know it in his, on his face. He gets so frustrated. And yeah. you watch, like, MK Dons were good at it on Tuesday night, but they didn't really have to be. But like Nave says, they press as a team. So when our back four mm. get it, two or three of them come up together. That's what we've done against Scunthorpe, didn't we? And that's why when the ball goes into Forster Kasky at the base of that diamond, or Jacko as it was in the first half, straight away he's got someone on him as well. So he's forced to go back. And that that's how you press. And when you do that, you force the goalkeeper to go long. But for some reason up the other end, we don't do that. And I think... Partly maybe because McGuinness and Watt at the moment are unfit, but um, it's, it's just not good enough. It was it was such a bad performance. We uh, we did have a chance, ironically, not long after they got their second to get back into it, where that cross went over to the far post and Tony Watt was sort of unmarked, but it doesn't direct his head or, or t- towards mm. goal. He heads it wide, and you know that sort of dissumed it up. Really, even when we did get a chance, we weren't we weren't awake to it. We weren't 
confident with it attacking the ball we, we, we just get it off target and that sort of summed it up for me Ruthless, <coughs> ruthlessness in it that's, that's the new buzzword wasn't it ruthlessness yeah, it's, been, right. it's been the buzzword for the whole season even under Russell <laughs> seems like said, it's been yeah. like for the last three years mm. <laughs> but there's only so many times you can come out and and just sit saying the same recycled stuff which he you know which he does tend to do but at the end of the day if we, you're getting chances <coughs> and we're not taking them it's just, just just our problem it's like we always said like earlier in the year you know our defence weren't defence weren't that bad but mm. our, when Slade was here, but our scoring is woeful, and mm. now it seems to defense has got worse. Yeah, and our scoring has stayed constant. So there's an improvement. <laughs> it's still rubbish at scoring, but yeah, but yeah. So um, yeah, I think it's a wait. Watch your space, I suppose. Yeah. I, suppose cause I, I don't mean, think anyone has a di- idea what's happening now. Yeah, I mean, it, I wonder how much of a wake up call. I mean, I was, surely Saturday should have been a wake up call as well. But how much of a wake up call this result? Will be, and in fact, it could have been worse because I mean, we saw Agard hit the post, and there was enough. Uh, Agard had the shot, or someone had a shot where where it deflected, mm. and Rudd recovered to it, and then I think it was from the corner. The ball came back in, and Agard was able to bring the ball down yeah. inside the six yard box. He was able to chest it, bring it down, have time to fire an effort against the post. Um, I mean, if if that finished three or four nil, then that would have sent a real message to to the other teams in our in our mini league now that we're currently top of. Um, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> uh, it, it would have. T- it would have told them that the Charlton are floundering. Yeah, but the truth of it is, even with that two 0 we are. And if if clubs are getting the DVD of that game to watch us, they're not going to. They're not. There's nothing to fear. They're just going to look at how, like Nate says, how predictable we are, how basic our tactics are, and the fact that we just offer nothing. How sloppy the goals that we give away are. All that other teams need to say, and I've said this for a few weeks now, is you just got to press us. Press us into mistakes at the back four because none of them have got enough confidence to do it. Pierce, I think maybe just coming back up that first game, we said before the show he just looked a bit too eager, but he's arguably our best central defender. Maybe Konza and Teixeira are, are okay as well, but th- there's just no confidence there. They're all so fragile, and if you press them, you're going to press them into mistakes. Rudd, the last few games, supposed to be the best keeper in this league, apparently, but even he's looking like he's making mistakes now, and it's just. It's all over the place. I don't see any of the teams that we got to play. I know four of them are below us in the league, and three of them are in the bottom four at the moment. But, but they've got nothing to fear. The uh, the, the reaction at the full time whistle was pretty much what you expect. I mean that uh, you're not fit to wear the shirt song. It's, we've heard it so many times over the last few years. It's almost lost its uh, lost its oomph now, isn't it? It's, it's, it's almost sort of paling into insignificance because we, we've heard it so many times. But. Um, I mean, I saw someone on one of the forums who'd long left, and they said they're already up at the up at Charlton Village, up the top, and they could hear it. So, considering there's so few people actually in the ground by the time that full time whistle went, it was sung with real ferocity, wasn't it? Yeah, because it was it was bad. You know, it wasn't like we got you know we put a shift in and we just we were unlucky to lose the game. It was bad from the first to the ninetieth minute, mm. and. Um, you know, every, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't boo personally, but you know, everyone's entitled to do what they got to do. And I might have had a little, a like little that. go myself for the first time, <laughs> just a little one. But uh, yeah, no, but you know, everyone's right to do that. So, um, <coughs> but yeah, it was, and like you said, it probably has lost its touch a little bit, especially uh, over the last couple of years. So it was, um, you're not fit, but the you can understand that, it. To be fair, there's for me, there's no excuse for not working hard and yeah. on Tuesday it just looked like they weren't working hard it wasn't like they were unlucky or that they were trying things and they just couldn't find a way through it it was like they just weren't working hard enough and th- there's no excuse for that if you're a professional sportsman literally your only job is to do your sport and if you're just jogging around and you're not working hard then that's that's the basis and I know it's 
a bit of a cliche for fans to say all they want is to see players that care. I understand that, but you've got to run. You've got to work hard. And if you look at, I, I obviously don't have them, but if you look at the stats from that night, I can't imagine they're anywhere near what they were at the Sheffield United game, for example. Mm. And that's not good enough because they should be. There's no excuse for not running. Yeah. Especially when we saw for the last 20 minutes that they all had it in them to run hard if they wanted to. So even even like positional play. When, so when your team have the ball, like you said earlier, even a little shuffle to the left would do. Yeah. But they just hide. They just yeah. hide behind other players. And it's, ne- it's not going to work. But. All right, let's, let's, listen, let's hear from Carl Robinson. Uh, he, came in, he came in to speak, uh, <laughs> <Kicks off. laughs> speak uh, to, to Terry uh, after the game on, on Tuesday night. So, exclusive interview with Carl Robinson. John by Carl Robinson in the studio after a 2 0 defeat by NK Nines. And Carl, after a lot of positives around the club and. Uh, before the game, yeah. uh, very few positives on it. Once the game got going. none, none. Um, at no stage, and I'm, I'm going to come out and be able to defend. And Jadis Silver, Souls, Piercy, and Vicky Olmos to an extent put a shift in, but don't think many of the players can really look at themselves tonight in the minutes. They perform well. We looked disjointed. We looked disorganised. We looked. <laughs> it's amazing when you go through so many tactical elements and you coach, and they know the roles. It's very clear. It's very precise. Um, but then ultimately as well, it's it being offside from a from a from a free kick. Uh, is that a tactic? Is it, it? That's just ridiculous. I've never seen that. Somebody offside from a from a dead ball situation. It, it's it's not acceptable. Um, at no stage, am I going to be able to defend that? After Saturday, where you know we said that, uh, and you said that. The last 20 minutes weren't acceptable. We seem to carry that through. Was that first yeah, goal uh, the key to that? 100%. As their first shot on target, it makes a great save and it rebounds just for somebody to tap in. Uh, but I'm not going to sit here and say that it was a deflection or it was this or it was that. The whole performance wasn't good enough from start to finish tonight. Like we huffed and puffed later on, but we only started playing when we, they were 2 0 down. Are the players showing the fragility of the the, the, the position we're in? Uh, I think teetering on the edge of uh, of the relegation scrap. I think yeah, I think it's a difficult place for everybody to be, but we have to be big enough and brave enough to accept that. Um, we've got to make sure that we come through the next few games and, and really get the points on the board quickly, sooner rather than later. I know the teams around us didn't win this as well this evening. Um, I think they both played at home, which is uh, that's another game gone for them. So it's you are looking over your shoulder, obviously. Um, it's not a great place to be, but you have to find that mental strength and that quality to override that. Um, I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it enough. I've said things in there that I think should stay in the dressing room. Um, but the the biggest message is it's just not good enough. Is this the toughest moment of your your football yeah, managing career? Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I think the relegation last year. Everyone knew we were going to get relegated. That was just we were the we were the the lowest sort of budget team in the league. Um, it's the lowest point because I feel I'm a very proud man and I know from a coach what I want to do and I uh, I have to be honest it's a difficult moment in my career 100% but it's but they make you you can't crumble you, that's not in my makeup it's not who I am um, I'll stand there and I will I'll be as strong as I've ever been before um, I have to I know the rewards here are great so in the de- the dark days are, are, are sort of overshadowing them at the moment. Well, if you can override them and you can turn, we were turning around and we had the injuries and everything else, and then but we've not got going. Fourteen, one game, one win of fourteen. That's that's despicable. Four, we've, seen, we've seen sparks, periods where, not where we have. Listen, that's, I think it's hard. I know uh, the type of person you are, very passionate, and you, you're trying to find positives. Um, I don't think there's been many. I think it's been very few and far between. 
Um, I can't pull the wool over your eyes or anybody else's eyes or my players' eyes. It's about the honesty now, about the discipline and where we go from here. I think the players know that. They've been told in no certain terms. So do you have... <coughs> I wouldn't say a plan, but it's probably the wrong word. But you know, you've got to drag these guys by the bottom yeah. races to, to to try and get two wins at yeah. least out of the next um, five. So many we got left. Yeah, so it's important that they go away and they find some sort of some sort of heart and bravery. That's what it takes at these moments to pl- how to play. You've got to be brave, and I think they're going to have to they have to go through the mire and roll the sleeves up and and put a shift in. Well, I guess if they uh, needed any indication of bravery, the, one of the reasons we were uh, we were here tonight was celebrating somebody who did exactly that. So hopefully they can find inspiration somewhere yeah. from there. Yeah, I think the fans at the beginning were were sensational. Just shows you the type of football club it is. Um, we're the ones at the moment letting it down. Appreciate it coming in. Cheers, Paul. Thank you. Cheers. Manchester turn it falls to Tony Watt strikes it into the far post Charlton Live from the home of time time. this is Maritime Radio Greenwich Ah. (laughs) help Charlton Live so we heard from Carl Robinson exclusively here on Charlton Live after the defeat against uh, Milton Keynes. Um, I mean, what, what are you making of, of of his reaction to, to games at the moment? I saw I, I saw mentioned on uh, on the Sunday show that he's sort of getting a bit tongue tied now about with excuses because there there are no excuses to be had, and, and yet he obviously has to come out and speak to us. He has he has to come speak to us contractually to not 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 the, the one with Terry, but to the media mm-hmm. overall. Uh, the one with Terry is just a favour, which is very kind of him. Uh, but um, you know, it's it's he's, he's in this difficult situation now, where you know the only talking that needs to happen in football is is on the pitch, and and when and when you're not doing it on the pitch, then you're going to be picked apart for what you say off it. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, as you say, I have some sympathy with him in that he has to come out and talk after every game, but I don't think he helps himself in what he says. He seems to contradict himself week by week, and sometimes within the same press conference. Um, I think he was very honest on Tuesday and said we're not good enough and the players need to take a look at themselves but then he'll come out if we win on Saturday which obviously we're not going to because we're us but if we did he'll come out and praise them and say how brilliant they are and I think he's just so up and down he's almost speaking like a fan you know he's so reactive to what he sees and so full of emotion and he's got to be careful because as you say people pick that apart very quickly and obviously as journalists who, who want to be able to interview and when you've got someone like that that's obviously a lot better because you get good material out of it but on the other hand when you've got a, a manager who keeps his cards close to his chest and doesn't say too much it probably protects him a little bit um, particularly when things are going badly if they just come out and admit that and take responsibility for it and move on then so be it whereas Carl's as you say looking for excuses and, and as I say contradicting himself it it's easy for people to pick it apart and I think I think he's un- under a lot of pressure right now and we just need I think if we get to the end of the season we're still in League 1 which I th- probably we're going to be I, I expect I we think bold but it's bold but I mean I think so. I'm erring on the side of we we will be mm. based based on what happens over this weekend I, I, if we lose which is a high possibility I'm not basing it on what we do I'm basing it on what uh, the teams below us do as long as the, if there's still a four point gap after this weekend I think games will run out I don't, but, yeah. I don't think it's guaranteed yet yeah. but uh, oh, no. as we said on Sunday if we go down obviously I think he'll be gone because there's no reason to keep him 
if we do stay up and he's able to get his players in, as we say, next season's a different thing. But at the moment, he's trading a very fine line, especially and when results are as they are. Yeah, and obviously, it goes. We need to caveat it every time with if he gets his players in, and that obviously is based on. For me, mm. it's based on if there's a change in ownership yeah, of the club. Hundred percent. Yeah, uh, Nathan, are you sensing that the the majority of fans seem to be very frustrated with, with Robinson at the moment I was trying to gauge like in terms of fans mm. if it, how many would keep him on next season if even if we were to stay up yeah I think it's a difficult one because I think a lot of I think from the get go there was some there was some fans that didn't like him full stop which you know that's pr- their prerogative um, I was in the Robbo uh, uh, Robbo camp I, you know I liked the appointment I thought, you know, I thought it was good at first I was I was a bit dubious um, um, and I you know I, I think he will be good but I mean at the the way our form at the moment is awful and it's I always think you know mate, I'll give him a transfer win I'll give him a summer yeah. you know let him let him do what he's got to do and you know I want, want some sort of stability here but at the same time we're so pants at the moment yeah it's hard not to just get frustrated um, but yeah I mean I can see people getting frustrated but I would still say in my opinion the majority of would not sack him, mm. um, but well, I could I, be wrong. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about the I think majority. The, yeah, I, I think more people are leaning towards get rid of him. Now. I think the split's growing every yeah, week, and yeah. I think like I'm really loyal to our managers. Like I don't like a sacking managers at all, and I I do like Carl Robinson and think he's got a good future here. But even I'm f- struggling to defend him at the moment mm. because you be- look at the record yeah. and it's just because appalling. part because part of what I mean, obviously you know we, we've got the hasn't had a proper summer transfer window thing that's that that's one of the things that you need but another thing you need as a manager is the ability to turn around a slump and that's mm. something we've always la- laughed about Pardew not having, yeah. not having like, as soon as you get into a slump then you're done gone. he keeps yeah. going keeps going and now Carl hasn't turned around this slump at all and I'm not sure what his record was like at MK when they got into a slump but I mean he got relegated last season as well and that's what he's going to have to learn to do very quickly mm. yeah and I, I think as I say, uh, uh, and I don't, I'm not saying 100% we're safe. But if we can just scrap through to the end of this season, that gives him the summer to rebuild. If we lose the next couple of games and people start winning, then he's going to have to do something within the last couple of games <coughs> to sort that out. Because if he doesn't, we're, we're gone. Let's have a look at the tweets. We just have one in from uh, from Jimmy C. It says I'm in a Spanish bar watching the best goals ever from Barcelona and Real Madrid on TV. It's all a bit depressing. That sounds pretty good, to be honest. Uh, yeah. Better than being here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Matt Brown says we weren't good enough. Showed no desire or passion. We need to improve and quickly if we want to be playing in League One next season. Uh, and Andrew Buckland says time to let Jackson pick the other nine players to go to battle with. Uh, that's the only way things will change. I assume. I assume you meant ten. Otherwise, we're mm. <laughs> giving ourselves a. <laughs> Bit of a bit of a. Well, we did, we did beat Bolton with ten men. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think you might be on something there, Andrew. Right, uh, right. Let's have a look at the emails. This is from Matt, uh, Matthew Gainsford. Uh, it says hi all. In the ten games or so I've been to this season, here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I don't think I've seen us do one good throw in. We either throw it really short and then lose it, throw it to a centre-half so they can pass it along the back line for five minutes or throw it long in the hope the striker we predictably stationed on the touchline will produce the flick-on of the century. Yeah, excuse me. By contrast, other teams at worst keep the ball uh, and at best use their throw-ins to launch an attack. I get this far... I get, this is, I get this is far from our biggest problem, but surely it's something we could fix fairly uh, quickly if the players actually moved into space. Given we clearly find it hard to create chances from open play, throw-ins could be the ugly goals that we need to uh, need before we hopefully rebuild our club in the summer. Would be interested to know if anyone else has picked up on this. Have you guys? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but the, <coughs> only, the only way you're going to get around it is for your players to be confident mm. and receiving the ball. Um <coughs> I don't know. I've seen it. He's frustrated, but like he did say, you know, it's not the, the high on the priority list. But yeah, I have noticed it. But it's just simply due to confidence. That's the he, only thing I can think. He of. He also said we've got to improve it by getting our players in space, and our yeah. players just don't get into space ever. So it's no, never going to happen, is it? No, no. we score enough goals. Don't we? <laughs> yeah. Matt signed <laughs> off saying, uh, asking if everyone else, or if I'm just losing my mind trying to think of ways we can get out of this mess, <laughs> <coughs> which, is, which is probably fair. Uh, right, let's have a, a quick email from Matt Vine as well. You we have to excuse my cough, my cough this evening, by the way. I'm coming out the the other end of a cold. So, ah, lovely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right, this is from Matty Vine. It says, "Hi guys, hope you're well." <clears throat> from what I've seen and heard this season, especially since Robertson has come in, this is what I've seen. How many games have we had loads of chances to kill games off? Always ruining missed chances. A lot of teams get one chance and put it away. We need to more be more clinical. Majority of games we create excellent opportunities to go ahead, put teams out of sight. Games such as Bradford, home and away, Shrewsbury away, Sheffield United away, Oldham away, Fleetwood at home, Southend away, Wimbledon away, even Millwall at home. Imagine having those points. Can't really blame the manager for these. He's only got a handful of players that he his own. One who's out for the season, Lewis Page. Uh, think he needs a summer to get in what he needs. He knows how to get out of the division. We, know, uh, we now know that the manager isn't the problem. It's what's happening higher up. One criticism of Robbo is keeping Rudd in. I think Phillips has been treated unfairly, didn't deserve to lose his place. Let's hope the players show some belief and are clinical in front of goal in the remaining five games. That's from Matt Evine. Good to hear from you, Matt. Uh, what, what do you make? I mean, clinic, the, the lack of being clinical all season has been our problem. and it, it, it feels like we have to say it every week, but it's a problem that keeps re- reoccurring every week. Can I ask Carl after the game how, how he's going to change it? And he said, I think he said in the build-up to the Peterborough game they tried something different, but it's not working. Yeah, <laughs> obviously it's not, and it's something. Um, I don't really know what else you can. I don't know, you could probably pra- they probably practice finishing. Yeah, you know? I know it doesn't look like they do. They, pro- I'm sure they do. Um, but it's you know it's down to the guys to have a bit more composure in in better positions. And I don't really know what the answer can be. And st- I don't like. We've, I think we spoke about it earlier in the year in terms of um, if we're mentally weak or mentally fragile. Um, maybe that's the case, but for for the for the squad that we have on paper, I mean, Holmes got X amount of goals last year. Novak got, I mean, what more than fifteen? He got twenty or something, didn't he? Novak got thirteen, like fourteen, thirteen, season, something yeah. like that. Who else have you got? Um, yeah, well, Novak, Jose, Holmes, Jose. 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 Jose got loads, he hasn't done it, but yeah, he's, he's banging in for for a side that's obviously creeping up on us, which is which is fantastic. Um, 
but yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I really don't know. I don't. I really don't know how you can. What how to rectify it apart from mm. just tell them to just just give up composure <laughs> a little, little bit, yeah, yeah, or give up, yeah. either or. <laughs> I had, a, I had a, a, a message earlier from Dan Farmer who sent me the the current form table over the last ten games, and we're rock bottom of it with five points. Doesn't surprise. You've got me. Chesterfield, you've got seven points, and you've got now this is important. I mean, Chesterfield are gone. You've got Shrewsbury, have got eight points. Gillingham, we've also got eight. So they're, they're two teams down near us mm. that are lower in the form table. You've got Port Vale, have got twelve points out of those games. Swindon, we've got thirteen. You know, teams are uh, around us. Barry have got 16 in that time. Mm. And that's when you've been looking at the fixtures for the rest of the season. But, you know, the form table in particular is, is what worries me. Yeah, I think when when you look at the fixtures that the teams have come <laughs> up, I won't go into all of them, but like Barry are playing <clears throat> second, fourth, sixth and eighth in the league over their five games. Oldham are playing second, third, eighth and ninth. Gillingham have got third, seventh and ninth. Port Vale have got first and second and third. So the top three... So you look at those four sides immediately below us, they've all got tough games, whereas we're playing three of the bottom four and, and Gillingham, who are 19th. So we're playing teams that, on our day, if we turned up, we should be beating. But the problem is that we're not. And as you say, th- those last few games, other teams are picking up points where we're not. And I'm trying to kind of work on a rough prediction of what points people might get based on that. And I think it, it is going to be tight. We, we, I still maintain we need that one win. Uh, I think if we do do that, based on, as I say, my rough predictions, I think we would stay up. But mm. it, it's where that win comes from. I don't think we're going to beat Southend. Uh, Swindon on the last day, I certainly wouldn't want to leave it till then. Coventry, obviously with the protest, you think maybe. Gillingham, a bit of a local derby at home. And then Chesterfield, it, it's got to be a winner out of one of those three games for me to, to make sure yeah. we're here next year. It's, 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 just, it's incredible for me how how big Saturday is going to be mentally and how, how what the mm. league table looks like after. Because now, I mean... If if it stays, I mean, if we lose and everyone else loses, then it's still four points, but it goes to one game less, which mm. is probably the equivalent of, of us almost getting another three points now. Yeah, the, the way it goes, and that could be big psychologically because if it's four points with four games left rather than five, mm. I wonder what an effect that has. If it's one point on Saturday, mm. then then all bets are off. We are officially probably going down. Yeah. If it's seven points on Saturday, then that's it probably. So well, obviously, it's it's very very <coughs> unlikely. Kiss the death on it here. But if all of the six teams below us were to win, four of them would overtake us, and mm. the other two would be one and two points behind us. Because that's the only, that, that's the other thing we'd lose is our. I mean, we've got our points, which is four points, but it's the, the buffer of teams is the only is yeah. probably the only thing at the moment. It makes you think there's no way all of those teams are going to overtake us by the end of the season. Surely one of them won't. I think that there's two relegation spaces up for grabs here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I particularly don't want to get my grubby mitts on one of them. No. Yeah. No. I mean. It's- I was looking at the fixtures as well. I mean, I can't see, you know, I, <laughs> I can't. But then I thought we'd win on Tuesday. But uh, yeah, I, I just think that there's. A, I think Port Vale will be gone. I don't know why. I just think they're they're gone. And who's bottom at the moment? Uh, com- commentary and Chesterfield well, are com- done. Yeah, they're commentary done. Chesterfield. But I think Port Vale. It's them two are in the bottom. And then the last two relegation I, places. Barry, I think Barry will have enough. Um, to be honest and then I just think it's between the f- I think it's just three of us then isn't it but the thing is you look at Swindon and Shrewsbury that are in those places at the moment they need to catch up four and five points between them mm. so Swindon need at least a win and two draws to be level on points with us in five games now I know it doesn't sound like a lot but when you're down there that's not as easy as it sounds mm. and same with Shrewsbury need a win and a draw just to be level on points with us and you know they're playing Rochdale and South End and Oxford I know they're only in 10th but they're in good form at the moment mm. so it, it 
it is going to be tough for them to to go overtake us, and that's why the odds, although we're still in the odds, are quite high because it is unlikely. But the run of form we're on, it's not it's not guaranteed at all. I just can't believe it's got to this that we're sat here now <laughs> with a calculator looking at the, well, thi- the two Port Vale fixtures. <laughs> two months ago, we were talking about how many games we'd have to win to get in the playoffs, <laughs> and again, that was unlikely, but it wasn't that far away. Oh, oh dear! Right, yeah, Dan, I think we'll beat win on Saturday. Well, I think we win because yep. then we'll help me all get a playoff spot. There we go, Sodsville. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, we, we'll just do something to make it, it worse in <laughs> yeah. a way. Uh, yeah. Right, um, obviously on Tuesday night as well, uh, I think we, re- you know, it gets, gets lost in, in all the football, but uh, I mean, the, the the build up to the game and, and the first, you know, the, uh, uh, with the players coming out with, with PC Palmer's brother. Christ, I mean that was uh, that was hard to watch, but it was an incredible gesture. And you know what? I mean, the bit the bit that got to me was um, the fans rising to their feet when that line of um, PC Palmer's colleagues came mm. out of the tunnel. Because I just wasn't expecting. I knew that I knew the police were going to come onto the pitch at one point, but I just wasn't them expecting to see them all come out suddenly at that point. Yeah, and just the, the reaction they got from the uh, from the. Uh, the crowd here at the Valley, which was definitely up. I mean, the the official crowd was only up by a thousand, but in terms of people actually turning up, it was clearly a good two or three thousand up, maybe four thousand. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the, the, I thought the, the club handled the whole thing perfectly, and I thought the fans did did as well. I think, yeah, yeah, you're spot on there, and uh, I almost don't want to talk about it in context to the game because the game was so terrible. But I thought the club handled it brilliantly. I thought everything that they arranged was was excellent, and and as I said on. Sunday show I think it sounded very understated and it was it was handled very delicately um as you say when the police came out of the tunnel I wasn't expecting that either and it was it gave you real goosebumps to see them all come out and and to see that reaction from the crowd and then again what was it three minutes into the game when again everybody just got to their feet and and just kind of did a spontaneous minutes applause again there but it it, uh, it was really really well handled and and as we said on Sunday and last Thursday it's not really any consolation to the family who are obviously dealing with something so tragic but uh, as I said it's our way of saying thank you to him and 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 goodbye to him uh, and the you know the players donating that f- uh, money financially longer term may well help the family as well and I just thought the whole thing was was really well done mm, yeah it was excellent and uh, very very poignant right let's uh, let's have a quick break and we'll come back and we'll uh, we'll look ahead to Saturday's update uh, upbeat's march so am I still waiting for this world to stop hating? Can't find a good reason, can't find hope to believe in. Ray heard Rod, can he get across into the middle? He can. There's Custer to the post. Yeah! That's good to go! With a goal yeah! in the 96th minute! Charlton Live. <laughs> From the home of time. time. This is Maritime Radio, Greenwich. You're listening to Cholton Live. There he is, young Ashton, on the, on Tuesday's game, came into the studio and uh, manfully uh, tackled the, the Charlton Live Challenge one on, on his own, but he did, did very well. I hope you enjoyed your day, uh, Ashton, apart from, obviously, uh, the game, but, you know, he got to be the mascot, which I'm sure was, uh, it was good fun. Right, Saturday, uh, as as you guys well know, and as uh, anyone who listened to Sunday's show would know as well, it's the Upbeats March, and uh, still, well, I think there's still time to, to sign up. We heard from Terry uh, Pertz from the, the Trust Ones, uh, on on Sunday show, and he sort of said that he thinks he'd be able to sign up until Friday. So if you still want to sign up, head over to the the trust website and see if you can. Otherwise, uh, you know you can head over to that that website to to raise some money for the upbeats. But you two are both on it, and uh, really looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, I've actually um, 
been doing, <laughs> been doing a lot more sort of walking and running and stuff like that because uh, with my knee, with the ups I've had on it, I need to get the oils going on it. Otherwise, <laughs> I'm gonna be, I'm gonna have a stiff leg. Um, Are you going to wear your suit on the march? Uh, <laughs> my birthday suit. No, I'll probably. Um, I don't know. I was, I was gonna. I don't, I don't really know what to wear. You get, you get given song. a t-shirt when you get there. You get given yeah. a t-shirt when don't you know get there. I, wear tra- I was gonna wear a Charlton tracksuit. Like, then I look like Cole Robbo's lookalike. <laughs> but then I thought, then I've got to get on the train afterwards, and they've got the mm. grown geezer, thirty years old in a tracksuit. Looks a bit weird, doesn't it? I mean, you've done but, it before. So, <laughs> uh, oh yeah, that was here. Though. <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm actually looking forward to it. It'd be good. Um, hopefully, my knee holds up. Um, Tom and his missus are going to help me up anyway if I struggle mm. and I'm sure uh, Uncle Terry will as well but yeah <laughs> no I'm, I'm looking forward to it actually it should be a yeah. good laugh I'm really forward to it. yeah and Tom uh, the pair of you really are going to get to meet some legends on that we'll come up <coughs> there's, there's Killer and, and Flash from uh, slightly before your time but the I'm lights I think yeah the lights of uh of, of Paul Mortimer, Carl Lieber, and that that sort of that sort those sort of people. That's going to be it's going to be great to meet those guys, isn't it? Still just about before my time, but uh, yeah, right. yeah, <laughs> obviously. Right, Carl yeah, Lieber right. was before your time. Yeah, you're not allowed in this show anymore. Oh, <laughs> See you later, everyone. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it will be great, and and to as you say, to to meet them and speak to them will be great. Obviously. Um, it sounds like from what Terry was saying on Sunday I'm just going to be carrying various Chart and Live members down <laughs> most of the journey but, uh, bring the wheelbarrow yeah I'll, I'll do my bit uh, and it's obviously the main thing is it's all for a good cause and you know we've heard people from the Trust in recent weeks come on and talk about it but in the past we've just raised so much money from this event and I just urge people if they can't make the walk to go on and donate again because it is a great cause and the upbeats need the money um, because that, that's how they keep going, really. Um, yeah, self-funding, really, aren't they? Yeah, so? and then yeah, at the end, obviously, look forward to seeing them play the game as well, which which will be good fun. So yeah, yeah I'm looking forward yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, taking on Brighton and Hove Albion here at the Valley. Now, like uh, I watched them play against Derby. I, obviously, I'll get here quite early, so I watched them play against Derby last year, and they absolutely destroyed them. I mean, it was embarrassing, really. It was men against boys, uh, and I'm hoping to see more of the same. But obviously, obviously. Do you think walking nine miles before a game is a is like it might tie you out of here? I mean, it didn't seem to affect him last year. It's one way of warming up, isn't it? But no, as you say, it doesn't seem to affect him. I saw, I haven't actually seen the YouTube video yet, but I think they did the crossbar challenge right yeah, recently as well. I haven't had a look yet, yet, but so they're having a bit of practice. So um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I, they can't be worse than the uh, first team at the minute. That's for sure. Mm. Excellent stuff. So if you if you want to sign up to that march, make sure you uh, you do so. Now one more thing quickly. Uh, player of the year. Obviously, we know that the player of the year dinner uh, got the old elbow uh, after after the whole uh, situation that, that we've been through already. But you can now vote for the player of the year. Um, uh, earlier on in the season, I think there was probably two candidates, but I think the way McGuinness has fallen off now just, one. just leaves it with one, and obviously that is. Uh, uh, that is Nicky Ojo. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that, uh, that obviously is going to be Ricky Holmes, isn't it? It's, it's obviously going to be Ricky Holmes. Yeah, no, for, for me anyway, not yeah, that no, I want to influence I, anyone's vote. Yeah, it's a I democracy. Think, I think a lot of people might go with JJ, which will be fine, but I, I think if you look at, if you vote it on consistency, work rate, and quality, <coughs> Ricky is by far, it's, I reckon this is probably the most one sided player of the year I've probably ever done because before I'd have two or three but that is the most obvious choice but it wouldn't surprise me if um, JJ got it personally which I wouldn't mind but I think Ricky should get it just in terms of um, of quality so if you want to know how to how to vote for that I'm just, I'm just going to tweet the link out now on, on the Charlton Live account but otherwise there's a thread on Charlton Life and I'm sure the, the trust who are running the uh, the vote 
uh, was it the trust? I think or someone whoever is running it. I we'll, think uh, it is, yeah, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll 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 sort that out as well. Right, um, probably. Uh, unless we haven't got anything else to tick off before we look ahead to uh, to Saturday's game, have we? So let's uh, dive into a bit of press day. Uh, Charlton Exiles' favourite part of the show. Carl <laughs> uh, Robinson uh, spoke to uh, spoke to Tony Hudd from BBC Radio Kent. Now listen here. Mm, for big the news. First, for the first time in 20 years, it's all gone wrong. Talking to Charlton manager Carl Robinson, even ahead of Saturday. quite a lot worse, isn't to Charlton manager Carl Robinson ahead of Saturday's home game against South Bend. Carl, a manager once described this time of the year as the mining season, the time of year when the heat is turned up, the pressure is on, and a manager finds out what his players are really made of. Do you subscribe to that theory? I oh, do. Yeah, I always, I always used to like an Easter to that. Easter's the uh, how much bottle have you got weekend, really, and and how and how you can but wherever you're chasing a promotion or a playoff place or a, a relegation scrap. It's a, it's a time of the year that defines it generally. Um, we're going into it five games to go. We're under no illusion what we have to do. We're under no illusion it's not good enough, um, me included. Uh, and it's a difficult time for everybody involved, but it's, it is what it is. It's not. I think you know me. Tell me now that I, uh, I'm the same whether I win or lose. Um, I'm a professional. I have a job to do. I coach every single day. Although, if I'm watching the team play recently, I'd be asking what type of coaching I'm doing. <laughs> um, but it's a case of uh, getting it right and making sure that we uh, we focus our minds and 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 getting ourselves prepared for a very difficult game because the South End team are a very good side. Phil's done a great job. Very cohesive in the way they where they move and um, very aggressive in the press. Very forward thinking in the forward play, the attack with numbers with Wordsworth, Cox, Ranger, Fortune, Dale Robinson, all players that we know of, who are good players and of a higher level in some ways. And back players who've been very strong, as Phil Brown's teams always are. So we know we're in for a very difficult afternoon and there's no, no stone can be un- unturned. Who lifts the manager after three straight defeats? Um. It has to be me, um, because I don't like, listen, this is not, my family didn't choose me to do this, so I don't think it's right that I should burden them with it. Um, yeah, criticism from fans, which is, I don't think at any stage I've ever said that it's not fair, it's it's quite directive, and that uh, it's difficult, to, if they only knew what was really, what I, I know what's wrong, I know what needs changing, um, but at this moment in time, it's about the here and now that's the most important factor as a manager but nobody it has to be me um, that's something you have to find from within and um, for me it's just about self pride and what a strong minded mentality that you have to have if I can't motivate myself to be forced enough to sat here speaking to you I'm in the wrong job first and foremost if I can't take criticism from fans I'm in the wrong job as well um, because part and parcel of modern day football, it's become increasingly more so. I think you'll know more than me in your time. I think criticism is certainly uh, more focused nowadays than what it ever has been before. Um, fans have a with social media and and with modern day media interaction, they feel more closely connected to football clubs, um, which gives them a right to be more to have more controversial comments. But at the moment in time, the one that is the one that is true is. We're not playing well enough and we've not won enough games. And that's a fact. So we have to get that right. And that's me. That has to change that with the players. 
Has the R word been mentioned in the team talks? Um, I think since the day I walked in, everyone spoke about it anyway. Even though we were so many points in the top, and we were always speaking about that. Um, obviously, when players left, it was a difficult period, and they left. We seemed to come through it, and then we got loads of injuries, and then we dropped back into it. So, I, and the way I'm looking at the moment, there's nine of us down there. So, and we're at top of that nine at the moment. Um, and everybody below us would swap places with us. Um, and that's not being disrespectful to. There's nine of us swap places with anybody above me, obviously. So there's. There's eight teams below us who are more, a little bit more fearful than us right now. But our fear has to be like the team at the bottom. Our desire to win has got to be like the desire of the team at the top. This is the bit that you find out what your mentality is. This is the bit I find out who they are. I know, I think. Um, like I said, hopefully one day we can speak and we can the transparency can be quite clear. Um, it's hard because I have to be motivational as well I think the players know that there's a regimented way of doing this there's a, a focus that they have to bring they're all contracted here next year so they'll be part of a team in the lower leagues in the lower league and that's not creating on them either so we have to st- we have to make sure that's not the case I don't do mine, I let my missus does it. He obviously gets bullied and lets his miss he does it. <laughs> Charlton Live. Carl Robinson there looking ahead to Saturday's game with uh, uh with South End. I found it interesting that he said that people have been talking about relegation ever since he's come into the building. Yeah, that's positive, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's what you want to hear. <coughs> I mean it's a lot of what he's of what he has to say now is pretty similar to what he's been saying the last few weeks. Until you, like like I said earlier, until you get out of this run then you're going to have to keep saying the same things. And like I say, you can only really do your, your talking in one place. And that's in, uh, once you get over that white line. Well, that's what, yeah, that's what we've got to do. And um, it's, it's a bit annoying because I can't, I just, in a way, I just want this season over. Already. Mm. It's the same mm. as last season and the, probably the last two. I just get, I look, I have so much enthusiasm. Yeah. And then, then it just sort of falls away and then you're just like, oh, I can't be bothered anymore. <laughs> they start afresh, it'll be better next year. And it's, the said it, it's like Groundhog Day again and I'm thinking the same again. But It's what the players look like as well, yeah, to be fair. But until, like you say, until we're over that white line and get those win or those four points, whatever it is, to stay up, it's going to be hanging over us. And I think that's... I just think it's the realisation now is that we could be playing Lincoln City in a league match next year. Do you know what I mean? If we stayed in League Two and North Ferriby next year had a little chance and a little surged and got promoted, we'd be playing North Ferriby. Well, North Ferriby North Ferriby going down in the conference. I know, yeah, yeah, I know. But if they had a little late surge, <laughs> yeah. and a little, you know what I mean? Well, if we're doing that, why don't we have a little late surge <laughs> get to Champions League? Um, but, <laughs> no, we're playing a South End team who's in a decent little bit of form now. Apart from I mean, they had a. A late, late defeat against Bolton, but the fact that it was 91st minute 1-0 home defeat against Bolton says they've just gone toe-to-toe with you know, one of the best teams in their league. But before that, 3-0 over Oldham, 2-0 over Wimbledon, 3-2 over uh, Walsall, 2-0 over Southend, I mean, they've, uh, over Coventry even. I mean, they are on a, a bit of form, you know, the complete opposite to what we're on. Mm. You, c- you could look at it that way, or you could be positive and think, 
a last-minute defeat is going to crush their confidence, <laughs> and they're coming in to a, a hotbed of football activity, <laughs> and they're going to get smashed for nil. I mean, they, they, they've just had an absolutely devastating <laughs> last-minute one-nil defeat. We've just had a run of the mill. Who cares? Yeah. We, we already knew we lost. They're, down they're quite clinging on to that yeah. last yeah. playoff we place. We saving ourselves. That's why I didn't put the effort in. We and they've got, big, they've got big, scary Millwall breathing down their neck as well, mm. and that's pressure, that is. I See, mean, so we, when you look at it like yeah. that, it shouldn't be a problem, yeah, really, They've got big, scary Millwall. We've got, if we got Shrewsbury and Portvale and Muggs, Mm, Berry, yeah. Berry, never heard of them. Miles away. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, we're looking at it like that. I mean, South End of um, uh, they got Phil Brown. They got a decent enough manager as well. And uh, I think mm. we were. I, d- I don't know if you guys went to the game on New Year's Eve at Roots Hall. Where I think, apart from the last twenty minutes, we were we were playing pretty poorly against South End. And then, uh, and then of course, um, a- Andrew Cross uh, scored a scored a late equaliser, didn't he? Oh, hang on, I, oh, I was waiting for it. I was going to do it. Uh, hang on. Uh, oh, I've messed it up. I've messed it up big time. But he does it. <laughs> there we go. There we go. It wasn't worth it. Wasn't no, I could have just done the impression. Yeah. <laughs> um, Andrew Cross scored a late, late equaliser there. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, this is a team that, again, we've played against quite poorly already this season. Mm, yeah, we are going to struggle. Look, realistically, they are a good side. <laughs> They're in good form, as you say, apart from that defeat against Bolton. And No, I wasn't at the game, but was following it. And, as you say, we struggled against them. Um the, the one thing I can think is that we do play slightly better against the good teams, so maybe that will count. But the run of form we're on and the desperation, I just don't, at the moment, just don't see where that win's coming from. And I don't really see why Saturday will be any different. But come down here and hope it will be. Mm. Well, what, how do you see the team going? I mean, we made, was it four or five changes before Saturday's game? Yep. Um, we, well, we were missing big nose on the. On Tuesday, which meant I think we saw McGinnis starting. I mean, you assume that's going to go ahead again? I think anyone could be replaced apart from Holmes. I think. Um, I think there will be changes. I don't know if it'll be wholesale changes. Um, uh, Would you think we're likely to see a, a, a change in the formation? Because, like I say, the diamond away from home has probably looked a bit more lively than it has done um, at home. I'd like to see it again, but if Freddie plays, if Freddie pl- Fre- Freddie suits that 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 diamond, Freddie's not one to play in a two in a four. He, he that that diamond suits Freddie so well, and I think I think Freddie will definitely start Saturday. Hence, why I think he will probably start. I, I'd like to see Esri go back in that holding role where Jacko was. I'd like to see Esri back because I think mm. when Esri played there, even though it was with Joe Ariba, I think Esri's played all right in the middle. But um, yeah, I think Freddie will start. Um, keep that formation. I would get. I would. I would not play. I would. I, I'd. Pl- I'd drop the front two. I know they got, uh, mate, we ain't got nowhere else to p- replace them. But sorry, put George up there. <laughs> <Do you> know, <laughs> no, but I, I'd. What, what's, I'd, I'd give. I'd give. George, I'd give um, Carlin a go. We, I was really? going to say Carlin no, or Hamlin. I, I, I don't really? see how we. How I can turn. I can't defend what on McGuinness and say how you've done enough to start. I really don't. Nah. What I, else? What? What worse is Carlin going to do? I don't. I'd he probably won't. He's I probably going to start the same too. But I don't see what any worse it's going to do. Mm. I really don't. But that's why I'm not a manager. But yeah, <laughs> South End have got some dangerous players. I mean, they've got that that Nile Ranger. Obviously, he's on a bit of a run now, and for once, it's not from the law. Um, I mean, he's, da- dangerous player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was he kept getting offside in the, in the game there. He can't stop breaking the law, can he? Um, but um, yeah, uh, uh, South End. You, it's a team that, like I say, banging confidence. Maybe maybe slightly knocked by that late defeat, but. They're going to come here thinking that we're going to fill our pockets here, aren't they? Well, I hope so. Hopefully, they come here and com- <laughs> being really complacent, and then um, we can snatch a victory and help me all get in the playoffs. But uh, uh, again, so is it Simon Cox? It's Simon Cox up top, isn't it? 
yeah, 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 yeah. Good player. You know, they have got, and they have a more or less a settled side, I think. I could be wrong, but but like you say, Louis, you know, Phil Brown knows, he's a good motivator, um, gets his teams playing well, but it's going to be a tough game, but I'm not really enthusiastic about it. Like, I've, done, I've, I've never been all this season. So. Got Frank Newbell on the bench yeah, as well, so yeah, yeah. he'll almost certainly score. Did he, he yeah. play for us against Dagenham? That, yeah, that he scored yeah. Score with his arse. Yeah. yeah. I remember that, jeez. <laughs> Uh, Times changed. Yeah, <laughs> bigger, I mean, better things. Yeah. I mean, what do you think the atmosphere in the crowd are going to be like on Saturday? I mean, if we go one nil down, it's going to be unbelievable here. <laughs> I think I might, I might go on the pitch if we go one nil down. I mean, it's, it's, it, I mean, it's so, it's so vital for the team's sake that they get off to a good start on Saturday. Yeah, they, they have to. Uh, and I've, this is another thing we've said all season that with the the quality that we, I think we do have within the side. If we start quickly and go a goal in front, we're fine. But we just don't do it, and when we don't, we concede early, and the heads go down, and that's game over straight away. Like the MK Dons game the other day, ten minutes in, there was no way I ever thought we were going to get back in that game. Mm. Thought we might scrape a draw at best. So we have to start well, and that's the worry: is the opposition managers, like I say, that team talk the last five minutes before they go out is so easy. Mm. You just tell them to try and press us early and get an early goal. But um, yeah, we we have to start quick. We have to start fast. We have to get an early goal and then see what happens. In, ter- in terms of trying something different, I know it's mm. Carl's decided to uh, get him training at the Valley today, rather mm. than uh, to try. And do you think that will have a big effect? I hope so. Well, it's <laughs> worth a try, isn't it? Yeah. They've, got, they've got to try something. Yeah, I just think, if you, like we said, if you look at our team, right, we should be so much more aggressive. Not in terms of like trying to hack people down, but in terms of the way that. Our players, especially our forward players, should have that swagger and that arrogance mm. of going, we're at home here, we're going to dictate the play. Yeah. Olverstad, Holmes, Forster Kasky, McGuinness, you know, these are the players, Bataco, who can actually go, right, we're, we're better than this league one, we're going we're gonna to yeah. run the show. And they don't, they're not aggressive enough. So if that helps them put a shift in on Saturday and they're training here all day and all night, then I'm all for it, but... I don't see how it changes that much unless, yeah, he, unless he thinks it's a, the, the, there's yeah. some sort of mental block about playing at the Valley mm. and he's just trying to get the the players used to their surroundings but I mean we ain't been much better away from home like next week are we going to start training at Coventry's ground <laughs> <laughs> from Thursday <laughs> uh, anyway right let's very quickly have some predictions Tom 2-0 uh, loss 1-0 <coughs> win 1-0 win yeah just because right. of the Millwall connection I thought we were going to lose one. yeah okay uh, I'm going for a mm, one-all draw. There we go. Just guessed. Uh, right, this has been Charlton Lyre, a big match preview. Thank you for Tom and Nathan for coming in. Cheers, Cheers everyone. I've been Louis Mendes. I hope you've uh, enjoyed the show. And we'll be back on Sunday evening here on Maritime Radio to look back at whatever happens against Southend. Let's hope for the love of God that it's three points. Charlton.